What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 11. Here with my guy, Bredson. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. I can hear the pain in your voice, Alex. I can hear the pain in your voice. Well, so we... it's, the, it's yeah. the pain of everyone in Group F. <laughs> Nobody in Group F got through to the quarterfinals. Yeah. So it, it's quite surreal, if you ask me, that this happened. Sure. But... Yeah. That's called uh, that's called cannibalization. You guys, you guys beat each other up too much in Group F, and when you get out to round of sixteen opponents, it's it's just too much, too much on them. But, but uh, yeah, it's you. You know, you said the pain, and the Portugal pain is real because we had such a good squad leading up to the tournament, mm -hmm. and starting the tournament with William and Danilo. I'll be personally, you know, I wasn't very hopeful since then. Sure. Uh, when I saw Khnat coming on, my my um, that fire was coming back, but yeah. uh, a lot happened since then. But uh, I actually was happy to see Andres Silva get some minutes in the end because he confirmed that he should have started earlier. Yeah, in my opinion, because he was really. I think Ronald wouldn't mind to go to a winger position. I just think our formation is so dependent on Ronaldo. Like, we have so many crosses going in when we're a small squad. Like, where does that make sense? Like, yeah. Portuguese people aren't tall. We're not like the Scandinavians, like the German. Like, we like the ball on the floor. And we're yeah. crossing in the ball dependent on the heading of Ronaldo. Makes yeah. no sense. Makes no sense. And, and in, <sighs> in, the end, in the end, I got to say, I mean, just from an outsider's view and in talking with you, I, I think there's really only what? two players that, uh, from Portugal through the whole tournament that really increased their stock, right? And I I'm going to actually ask you, what two players do you think before I say them? Uh, Khnat Sanj, for sure, his stock increased. And Palinha too. I think Palinha yeah. confirmed that he'll leave uh, Sporting because he was he's too good of a CDM at yeah. such a good age. I, I think the age of 25. So it's an extremely attractive player. He's got, he's very tall. He's got long legs. He's got mm -hmm. a good pass and the, the skill on Pogba. Sheesh. That was, yeah. that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it also needs to be said, and I, I know it's kind of like uh what's it called? A Pyrrhic victory. Um, when you say the, the right two people that were needed from the beginning and those are the two people that definitely fared the best for Portugal. Because, uh, yeah, not that you not that you need my approval, but yeah, Renato Sanchez and Jal uh, Palinha was de were definitely the two that you know raised their stock in my book. But it's a it's a tough tournament. You guys had the toughest draw easily, um, and uh, like you said, Group F Group F did not survive. It did not take kindly, and who knew that it would be Switzerland that <laughs> vanquished. Uh, France, but I, I don't want to move on too fast. Were there any other things you had to say about that? Because I don't feel qualified on the subject, but I do know that was that was painful as all hell. <laughs> well, uh, another thing I'd like to say is I'd like to have seen more of Jean-Felix in the tournament right. because he's the type of player that in 30 minutes coming off the bench, he can mm -hmm. make something happen. And I think in the first game, he wasn't even on the bench. Right. And a player like Felix needs to be on the bench. And for this... I think Fernand Sanchez will stay in Portugal until the World Cup because he won yeah. a Nations League and he won a Euros. But I think Ronald might leave 
the national team after the World Cup, and yeah. Pep for sure he'll leave after the World Cup. So yeah. it's time for I, a new manager, and I'd go with Lionel Jardy because he knows how to trust the youth. He's dealt with a lot of big athletes like Mbappe at Monaco. He was a kid, yes, but he's had Bernard Silva in the past. He's had a lot of talent, young talent in his hands, and he made a beauty. You know the job he made at Monaco. I'd oh. love to see it. Abel too, another yeah. good option. And risky, but I like it. André Villas-Boas. Okay, yeah. I feel oh. like it's better because I like to say this just to end it. If we have Fernand Sanz after the World Cup, we mm. are assuming that with any team we play against, we're going to open the game defensively. Right. And Portugal doesn't have the team for that nowadays. Really Too much offensive team? talent. Yeah, do you really want to be that team? The best Portuguese teams uh, that we all remember exactly. are teams built on attack. And uh, Okay, so you are saying, because it doesn't make any sense to necessarily jettison a coach although mm -hmm. i know DeBoer is out at netherlands and and uh, yeah. some other some other ones i mean uh but it doesn't make sense to jettison a coach necessarily when you've only yeah. got a small window before the next world cup you want to keep that in there but um I, I, we did know why we did find out why jean felix did not see the field right and and that that was a was it ankle ankle surgery um i know he went in and he's expected out for about eight weeks 12 weeks something like that Uh, so he, like Kevin De Bruyne in the last game, um, and, you know, my Belgian finalist uh, thing is, is gone and dusted and whatever. Um, he was also playing with structural damage, I believe. True. True. So uh, we wish him a, you know, a solid recovery because he's, he's in dire need also of a phenomenal club season. Um, I mean, a club season where he scores, you know, 10 assists, 10 And uh, and also lifts another La Liga trophy would be pretty damn good, right? Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Like you said, yeah. Denmark, we're going to the final, uh, so yeah. that might happen. But yeah. how confident are you seeing this England squad? I know uh, Henderson scoring. I love to see that. Yeah. Uh, how confident are you that the Danish? It's England. it's tough now, and it's tough for one reason not not the Luke Shaw you know duo of assists, not the um, not the uh, you know Jaden Sancho. Finally, he started and, and obviously showed what he can do. And that I, I don't Gareth Southgate again. One, he's he's gonna basically <laughs> screw with people, screw with fans uh, with every squad selection because he has too many weapons to pick from. But in the end, why it makes it tough to continue to say Denmark's going to be a finalist is, and you mentioned this previously, Harry Kane, right? Mm -hmm. Harry Kane is finding the net. Harry Kane, Harry Kane is getting on the end of crosses. Finally. You know, I just think with, an, with a Harry Kane in stride, ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to change it. Um, and we only have, what, a day turnaround. I think the first game's tomorrow. Second game is uh, Wednesday. And we're I think it's the day tomorrow. after. Oh, the yeah, yeah, two, tomorrow, two days. Yeah. Uh, this is Sunday. We're recording this on July 4th, hence the U.S. jersey, right? <laughs> um, so it, it's, it is tough, but I'm not ready to change it because I, I gotta, we gotta go over these narratives, you know, mm. quickly. And, and I really have to, I have to say this. I have to say this. It's very, very easy to not like Gareth Southgate, right? When you, mm. when there's something, there's something about like, you know, when he talks, it feels like a fifth grade teacher in some respect, but he's actually like, if you've ever read the guy, if you actually listen nice to interviews, 
if you if you you know listen to what he says he's very much like a values based build a culture time of a, a type of a national team coach and he's been given the time to do that with England and i honestly do believe that he succeeded i i believe that this man is still trying to atone and redeem himself from missing, I believe it was in the 1996 Euros against uh, Germany in the semifinals. He missed the penalty kick, right? Mm. He missed the penalty kick. And he has now brought back what? Not one, but two semifinal appearances. Um, and and he's, cre- he's built a team. You can get his, he can get his tactics wrong. He's still a young coach in that mm-hmm. respect. But you cannot look at this guy and say, he does not have England's best, you know, hopes at heart, right? I this agree. guy, we, we uh, I don't want to use a bad word, um, but it is very easy to rib on him, right? To really yeah, give him true. hell. And, well, and England is built on that, that criticism, right? But yeah. we have to say it. Gareth Southgate has definitely um, changed the English team for the better, in my opinion. Well, uh, I'd like to, I think, very good take in general. I think Southgate will always get slandered because he's the England uh, the England coach. I've yeah. said in the past, the England coach is the most difficult job out there, in my opinion. And for that, with that, um, do I think he he's done a good job in these Euros? I agree. I can't disagree with that. I'd love. I think the United tax is real. Because Sancho starts and he does a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. And those values that you said, a bit like Fernand Sanch trusts Motinho constantly. Mm-hmm. Southgate trusts Sterling. And mm-hmm. Sterling is performing, which is fantastic to see. And I do have to agree that Sterling throughout his career got so much hate, not justified. And mind to say it, some some of it was because of his it was racism okay and it's so sad that a player with this quality like would be judged just by the color of his skin and i'm i'm happy that sterling is achieving what what he's supposed to achieve 100% at city but it's there's a, a luke shaw too it's interesting to mention that luke shaw for me is the second best english player on the pitch uh Mourinho <laughs> Mourinho must be must be going crazy inside. And well, not yes. not only that, not only that, Luke Shaw's doing well and he just lost Spinazzola, right? Spinazzola is is he Roma? Yeah, uh, yes. Roma. Yes, yes, yes. Spinazzola is a huge it's so sad though. Like the moment when I when I was watching the game and the moment you see him stop running, you understand mm-hmm. it's a muscle injury and it's going to be at the say the least four months, three four months, and it was five six now. So some incredibly some sad. Players, yeah, some of the best players that have come and really really up their stock in this tournament have been yeah. the wingbacks, have been the fullbacks. You know, Shaw, Spinazzola. You got a uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joachim um, Mela. I'm probably pronouncing that name uh, wrong. Denmark, the Denmark, Denmark yes, fullback, fantastic that, player. That freaking cross. Excuse my you know excitement about this. A hundred percent was just absolutely beautiful outside 100%. of the boot, uh you had the nice little feint uh or a- attempt on goal um it went right over his head to casper dolberg who just put it home and and uh two goals one assist in the tournament and uh you know that it's going to be a battle england denmark but we let's go back to england because i think you're right i mean raheem sterling 
has, has definitely proved some doubters wrong and, yeah. and call it what call it what you want right you, we can always sit there and say hey he's yeah this he puts himself in these positions he gets it done he did mm-hmm. not back out of the spotlight he stepped up harry kane is up now now you've got two guys that are basically ready and and firing mm-hmm. in all good form uh heading into a semifinal that they absolutely on paper should win um, uh, yeah, you 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 said that. Yeah, I would like to highlight two players that one ha- uh, the two have left the tournament, and one is Sommer, Switzerland mm-hmm. keeper. Uh, what a performance against France, and he left the tournament in style. Uh, his team had less; uh, they didn't have a player. He yeah. was playing with uh, one less player, and he had to deliver. He did. And the second player is Zinchenko. Uh, because the Ukraine, he was the soul of that team. And even the celebration in that game, he was giving right. it all. Yeah. So I'd like to give a special mention to him. And him in midfield, too. Him in midfield. Exactly. I want to see more of that. I've, I, I said it a couple episodes ago, but mm. um, him in yeah. midfield, he was the soul of that team. And and let's throw another one on there that's departing. Um, does he? I'll have to leave to play in midfield in my Oh, opinion. well, yeah, no, of course. Of course. I thought you said he wants to leave. I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. He might. No, I think he's he's pretty uh he's pretty okay with his role there under Pep <laughs> and it's it's going to be interesting unless of course they go and they sign uh you say it. I, I can't say it. You say <laughs> it. Means, there means. you go. <laughs> uh, but we do, we do have to we do have to say farewell because the 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 joint top scorer uh, in the mm. tournament, obviously scored one last one. It was a little bit of a consolation goal versus England. But, yeah, Patrick Schick, I mean, once yeah. again, if you actually go and you look at this kid's, you know, run sheet, he never he's, – he's not the type that's going to score 40 and 40, right? But he's pretty consistent. I mean, even in a in an injury-plagued kind of uh, transitional year at Bayer Leverkusen last year, he still put – I think it was nine Bundesliga goals in 20 yes. games. Um, and you know, for him to have five and five with, uh, with the Czech Republic, a team that not many people looked at aside from the West Ham contingent to have a phenomenal tournament. Um, he was, he was great and obviously provided us with the goal of the tournament. So, um, well, to be honest, I was on the fence leading up to the tournament with Patrick Schick, mm-hmm. but I'm leaving the tournament. He's going to, he's leaving the tournament thinking I, I deserve a move and I deserve to be the main man in the in the offense of yeah. the team I play for. Uh, five goals in the Euros and one of the goals being the goal of the tournament. Yeah. Talk about the stock rising. Patrick yeah. Schick, stock has risen. For sure, for sure. <sighs> it, it, the thing is, is though, he got it. You got to move. I mean, you got to remember, Roma mm-hmm. signed him for like 40 million euros several yep. years ago, five years ago. And then uh, Leverkusen uh, swept in, I think it was last summer maybe. I don't remember when for like 25 million euros i don't know why he'd want to leave right now because he's mm. got musa diaby and leon bailey on either side of him let's um see. you know let's see but we will see we will see but if let's i were see. him i'd shoot for consistency over that high profile move because he tried it with roma it was too early it didn't work out you know let's let's hope that uh i, I think the bundesliga suits him correctly Premier um, League, but, Premier League might come knocking, in my opinion. You, you never you know. Join but West Ham. I really wanted to mention these two things in the Euros, and I, I'll finish it up there. And one of them is Doku, yeah. Belgium, another player who left the tournament in style. If yeah. that goal with those two cut insides went in, Doku would have 
100 100 million transfer <laughs> straight away on the spot but interesting fact jeremy doku was the first player since wayne rooney in 2004 so that he's the youngest player to win a penalty in the euros okay so that's an unbelievable stat in my opinion yeah and a lot of teams are gonna look at doku seeing him maybe as a cheaper option to mbappe liverpool mm-hmm. winking <laughs> and it's i don't know doku must be excited now with life of course well let's check in with him we'll have to check in with him i don't know he might be, <laughs> he might be too big for us now jeremy yeah. let's let's talk um no but i mean on top of that come on eight dribbles one i think that's the most for a teenager in yeah. a european championship since like i don't know 1990 something 1980 something um it's it just he was fearless he's like i'm gonna get i get the opportunity to go start for belgium of all teams and uh and i he just he just took it at him um and yeah if that goal if that hit yeah 100 million easy okay maybe not 100 million but he, it would have been pretty damn high um <laughs> but one of the last ones i mean pedri man you know, it, it, it's almost becoming like first game. We were all like, look at him. He's so great. This, that, and, and just waxing poetic about this 18 year old. He's, he's still 18, right? Yeah. Yes. yes he's 18 year old. And, and now, now we're five games in and it's almost commonplace. It's like we expected of him. He's just kind of this fixture in the Spanish national team who I know, yeah, this isn't the Iniesta Chavi days of old, but in the Spanish national team, he is considered the the guy, right? Yeah. And I mean, just look at like to clinch a semifinal berth in what was a crazy game. He played pretty much the whole game, 120 minutes, right? Extra time included. Mm-hmm. Uh, 91% pass completion, over 100 passes, I think. He had five key passes, five tackles, one. He was literally one of the most engaged on the pitch. And he plays to his strengths as an 18-year-old. And this, you have to think about this, uh, an 18-year-old that knows, you know, what his weaknesses are, that's unheard of. We all think we're impervious as an 18-year-old, right? Huh. We all think, like, you can't do anything wrong and we're always right. Pedri knows exactly what he doesn't do well and what he does really well, and he just focuses on it. Um, and, and that game in and of itself felt like an embodiment of that for me. So it's just so bizarre that beginning of the tournament we were so ecstatic to to just see him play a part even though we expected it and now by the end we consider him the foundation of the spanish midfield like what a way of explaining pedri like he but i'll say this weren't you wouldn't you be humbled every training section next to Lionel messi oh hell yeah so i'd feel like i need to learn every training session i'm I'm next to messi and what what i love about pedri is the more he plays the better he is in his positioning and seeing the improvement in these 60 games. Okay. We haven't seen every game, but I'd easily say I saw 30 Barcelona games and the improvement on Pedri is very, very noticeable. He's the star in this. He's the star in the Spain midfield. And yeah, I I like that take, but finishing off Pogba, Mm -hmm. what was that celebration? You know, the, the, the three, one goal. And then Pogba's there. I, 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 win the game, win yeah. the game, and then do the. Oh, but I. To be fair, I love Pogba. <laughs> okay, but I, I didn't just, feel I like it was say, correct. I can't see a video of you doing that right now. I can yeah. only hear noises. So, so that was that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go bold here, 
uh, with a take, and I was thinking about this yesterday, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to go bold here, and I think Zidane should be the next France manager. Uh, I think the rebuild is inevitable. Yes. It's soon. Uh, just like Portugal, France can't go into games with a defensive mindset. You got too much talent. You like Shirky, Mbappe is still young. Dembele, I feel he's going to, when he's 27, 28, he's going to be a much better player. So too much talent and offensive talent to stay with this style of play. So I, I don't I, know how bold that is, man. I think that that is a very solid, uh, grounded take. Uh, I just don't know when you do it again with that, you know, with the, the winter months uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the World Cup here before we know it. Winter months mm -hmm. meaning, you know, in Qatar, it'll be. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I, I really don't, I don't know when you do it. Uh, it's, it it's tough. That is just tough. Well, we got the Euros wrapped up. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, can I just say one more thing? Because we didn't, from, from the, you know, from the Danish win. Because that was just impressive. And and this kid, Mela, um, has... First off, that cross is still in my head. I, I probably replayed it 50 times, right? Because I just absolutely loved it. But what I love the most about this kid, he's only 24, plays for Atalanta, right? Who uses mm -hmm. their wingbacks in the way you want to use wingbacks, in my opinion. Um, but he, he came from the gank, not, not from the system gank. He was actually at Allborg, but really came up at Genk uh, with uh, Ruslan Malinovsky, uh, Timothy Castagna, essentially. He was the replacement for Timothy Castagna when he left for Atalanta. And then when Timothy Castagna made the leap to Leicester, who did Atalanta call, right? Who did they pick up for the replacement? And I think we have to make sure that we watch him post-tournament because uh, he's just – I. I think he was probably one of the best wingbacks or is the best wingback in the tournament – Definitely best defender and probably one of the best players in the tournament right now. And we did not give him enough love, maybe because he's, you know, a shade over 23. Uh, but really, two goals, one assist, five games. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be key. Although England did really well shutting down the wingbacks um, against Germany. Mm. It'll be interesting what they can do with Mela. And, oh, by the way, Mela normally plays on the right. He's been mm. playing left back this whole tournament. So he can do it on both sides, even though he, he did not play there at all, I believe, for Atalanto. So I just had to get that in before I, uh, you know, lose it forever. Um, so moving <laughs> on from Euro, games Tuesday, games Wednesday, uh, it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to avoid making predictions, right? Because we got, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot so of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those predictions, they got us so wrong. So let's go with what we know happened. And uh, we have a couple of transfers that... We know that happened. And I like to say, it happened. Sancho has finally gone to Man United. When yeah. I saw that, I think Fabricio even had a special post saying, here we go. Because yeah. the talk has been, oh my days, how many years? Like a year and a half? Sancho, <laughs> Man United. Sancho, Man United. Yeah. Like, so you go mad with all this, you know? it's Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, three transfer windows uh, and, and COVID and where we all just kind of were salivating for transfer news. And I believe that Jaden Sancho thing was just killed to death over the last 18 months. But yeah, it's done. And now Manchester United arguably has three top or the three top U23 mm. players 
English U23 players um, in Rashford, Greenwood, and Sancho. Come on, four then. I know, I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I should have said three of the top. No, first, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, I but agree. Come on, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is just a, a glut of, uh, of talent that they'll be able to build around, and they're all going to be able to hopefully, uh, by osmosis, get a, a whole bunch uh, from Cavani another year. And mm-hmm. um, I love it. I love it. Even though I said it wasn't going to happen, I'm happy it did, and I can't wait to see him hit the ground running. You got a good prediction there. I do think Mason Greenwood is going to be the striker after Cavani. I think it should be like that at least. Mm. Cav- uh, Rashford, left winger, finally. No excuses. Rashford, it's now or never. Mm-hmm. And Sancho at right winger. I think he'll deliver. I think Sancho at Man United is going to be fantastic. Uh, I think they have to prioritize now having a CDM next to, next to Scott McTominay and Bruno. Okay. And let's see. But I had a transfer here, which I was a bit out of the air when I saw it. And it was Nuntavaj to Arsenal. How did this happen? When did this happen? Is this... What? <laughs> like, how was what was your reaction seeing this? Like, uh, depth, future, backup, but I believe that there are uh, better choices out there. And nothing against Nuno Tavares. I just, mm. I don't, I don't know him. I haven't watched him. I mean, I do, I do know him. I have watched him. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, uh, it, it is not. It's not necessarily the player I would have um, picked to be backing up Tierney. Well, right? offensively. He's fantastic. I'm not going to say he's immaculate, but he's fantastic offensively. But mm. defensively, he's he still needs a lot of improvements, in my opinion. You know, at least when I saw Benfica, uh, he wasn't. Uh, he did have when he played at right back yeah. as a quick solution, he delivered. But at left back, which is his preferred position, he has to come to Arsenal as a substitute. Like Tierney, a hundred percent. You're safe. You got that spot. But I was surprised with it, honestly. I was really surprised. But uh, if you're if you're surprised, that makes me yeah, <laughs> doubly surprised. But uh, we we have a lot more to say about Arsenal in a little bit. Well, the mm-hmm. it was what eight eight million euros for him. Eight million, eight million. Uh, but million. millions, millions. You know, millions is PSG talk because in this transfer window, we might see Donnarumma, right? Wijnaldum, Sergio yeah. Ramos, Akimi. And I know I'm missing out on one player, but what a transfer window. Like, Neymar has an amazing supporting cast now at PSG. Amazing. And Exactly. And I want to say this. Gigi Donnarumma is the best goalkeeper in the world at 22. He is. I, yeah. He is. I'm not going to look stunned. I'm not, I'm not going to look stunned. That's probably the right statement. Yeah, he is. And they're going to have Rams, Hakimi, like Neymar. This, if they don't win the Champions League, oh my days, PSG is going to be it's gonna be a banner club, you know? Yeah. So the salary cap. Imagine the salary cap at PSG. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe Sergio Ramos is uh, taking a you know minimum salary. You know, he doesn't need the money. No, I'm just kidding. There's no way in hell. There's no way in hell. Um, yeah, that's a that's one hell of a bloated salary. Uh, and and this is like a one or two year thing, right? I mean, this is not. This is yeah. like. 
I mean, yes, with Hakimi, you've set yourself up for a long period of time. Um, but ultimately, uh, with Ramos, I, I don't know. Could he play till 45? Probably. But <laughs> let's be honest. This is, uh, hey, Thiago Silva went to Chelsea. They won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Hey, who knows? Maybe Sergio Ramos, who has a much better CV than Thiago Silva, uh, maybe he goes to PSG, gets it done, um, and then retires in all its glory uh, after that. But uh, I, I know I, I know I joked when you asked me where I thought Sergio Ramos should go uh, a couple episodes back. <laughs> I, I just want to see him play, and I'm happy he's found a, a place, and, and I'm sure he's very happy with the contract he's going to be getting. Yeah uh yeah true uh it's, it's an interesting scenario and i'd like to speak about this because wijnaldum if he's going to psg someone needs to replace him at liverpool mm-hmm. and my choice is Klopp must be thinking this too khnat uh, must be liverpool's number one transfer target in my sure. opinion like yeah. it's match made in heaven khnat to liverpool in my opinion it's fantastic. Uh, maybe Doku the... too. I'd yeah. like to see Doku too. Okay. Mm. So yeah, that'd be not, that'd be that'd be nice. Uh, but you know, I I think from combing all the transfer rumors, mm. um, which mean nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have seen Renato Sanchez um, pretty much in the view of Arsenal. A lot. I've I've heard that thrown around, and it's apparently gaining steam. At least it's gaining steam on, you know, Arsenal message boards and and blogs and podcasts and whatnot. So uh, mm. I think you're going to find him in the Premier League, um, and it kind of makes sense after that Euros he's had. But only only if you're willing to invite the uh, the bad with the good, because we know he's not flawless. He has to be in the right system. No. Yes. 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 He has to be in the right system, but it's not difficult to find a system that fits Knat nowadays and in, in now in, in modern football because yeah. he's a fantastic box-to-box midfielder, you yeah. know, and pure strength, ball ball uh, ball conduction, uh, technique, uh, passing ability. In my opinion, is very underrated with Knat Sanch. People often think he doesn't pass the ball very well, and I disagree. He can change flank very well. I saw that in the Euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's Liverpool. Snatch him up. But uh, Billy Gilmore. I saw Billy. You're a big Billy Gilmore fan, aren't you? Well, He's... you are too. I mean, I think we both we both share in this one. I love Billy Gilmore. I love myself, David Turnbull. Um, those are my two Scottish crushes. And, uh, and I am very happy that he is going to be playing day in, day out. I am very happy. And I do think that with... Gilmore, and they just brought in uh, Milo Rashica from uh, Werder Bremen, who were, were relegated. Um, I, I do think, and he's to replace Wendia, I believe, but I do think that with Gilmore in the center playing kind of that Oliver Skip role uh, that had been uh, promoted from the championship last year, I really do feel like they have a good shot at not getting relegated again. It's <laughs> a good move. Uh, it is a good move because, you know, he's just – he's not going to get the playing time at Chelsea right now. He just isn't. Yeah, so. and, you know, he you, the, in the first match, Billy Gilmore is going to deliver because we know yeah. every first match, Billy Gilmore delivers. Yeah, that's true. And a bit like an Oliver Skip loan too, yeah. but I see him as an uh, even more uh, proven player than Oliver Skip at that time. 
So I think Norwich, uh, fantastic choice. Yeah. Uh, I'd like yeah. to mention, you, you mentioned Milo Hashika going to Norwich. Yeah. I'd like to mention, what happened with Andres Silva going to Leipzig for 23 uh, million? Didn't gosh. any Premier League team see him? Maybe Wolves? I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, Leipzig got a steal uh, for that amount of money. Twenty-eight Bundesliga goals. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, that, that that is cheap. Um, so now you're looking at uh, Andre Silva uh, getting. Uh, I think before it was Kamada, right? The uh, who was the other guy uh, putting in the assists, essentially assisting Andre Silva. Um, Kostic, Philip Kostic. Oh, Sorry, when my brain when my brain starts thinking about something, it needs to actually work through you, it. I oh, you meant at Frankfurt. I was thinking, yes, at Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. It, so he's going from Kamada and and uh, and Kostic to mm-hmm. Christopher Nkunku, um, to Emil Forsberg, to uh, come Sabitzer. on, who are the other ones? Sabitzer. Who? Sabitzer. Yes, Sabitzer. I mean they've and and that's not even scraping the surface. Oh, Dominic Sobosai, come on, when he's healthy. Um, so I really like the move. I know they haven't had, they've had very limited, um, aside from Yusuf Polson, mm-hmm. they've had very limited success with their striker picks. Um, and I know Silva could play on the wings too and all that fun stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at, they've gone through Sorlot, uh, they've gone through, uh, Patrick Schick previous yes. to that, they recall on loan. So I think this is the one that sticks. And I think Silva's found a team for years to come. Um, this I hope one? So. Well, if it's not Andres Silva sticking, it's Brian Broby sticking. Yeah, well, so I think RB Leipzig had a fantastic window, even if they finished it now. And congratulations. Even Kvardiol, uh, Dinam uh, Zagreb center back. That's a fantastic snatch there too. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Leipzig. I'd yeah, like it's... to finish like my transfers point here. And it's my last one, and that is Nunchpiritsan going to Tottenham. And I'd like to say something, and I don't think this is a bad choice done by Tottenham, but I do think that the way they conducted themselves uh, previously before they had the Nunspiritsan deal done was they took too long. And Nunspiritsan comes to Tottenham almost as a desperate option after asking every manager in the world. Now Nunspiritsan is is announced. So... It's a bit weird. Uh, I hope for the best. Uh, I did see some rumors that we 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 started it. We said Dusan Vlahovic was perfect Harry Kane replacement in some podcasts uh, previously, and now we're seeing some rumors with it. Love to we see are. it. We are. And yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be a weird year for for Tottenham. But yeah. I, I'll tell you what: if if Hoiberg plays for Tottenham the way he's been mm. playing for Denmark. I think they'll be just fine. Um, maybe, maybe getting back into that top four. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. you want to give your manager at least a little bit of a runway leading up to the uh, new year, but man, uh, it, it does feel, and, and it shouldn't because he's a hell of a hell of a manager, right? Uh, it does feel there's the aesthetics of, uh, this is our last choice and we're just going with it and let's wing it. Um, but he's, he's back to do pretty well. And uh, frankly, he's, he's got a system. He's going to implement it. And I think it could work at, at a place with resources like Tottenham. Um, and, and it's a step up from a resource standpoint than Wolves, maybe. 
Um, but it's also a step up from a pressure standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but let's not let's not go away from transfers just yet, uh, because him as the former Wolves coach, we obviously have Wolves still continuing, obviously with Bruno Lage in charge now, uh, still continuing with uh, collecting phenomenal Portuguese wonder kids, right? And <laughs> I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna cut my ear here. I don't know how to say this particular one because I'll just butcher it with my American accent. But uh, who did they get on loan? Uh, Wolves just signed Francisco Trincão. A uh, former Braga player and yeah. really sketchy deal, if you were to ask me. George okay. Minge printed all over it. <laughs> okay. Uh, ever since he left Braga, yeah, it's clear George Minge has, has been having something with these moves. And it saddens me because I just want to see Trincão play night yeah. in, night out. <laughs> and that should be the focus, his development. And a bit like Knut, I feel like he didn't do the right moves at the start. Like Felix, I'm now seeing Trincão. So yeah. I see Nuno Mendes doing good decisions and Bruno Fernandes. But yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard. I don't know. It's Francisco Trincão. I hope he plays at Wolves. I just hope he plays at Wolves. And you, Five, you're, wor you're worried that he won't? Uh, yeah, I am worried. Uh, Maybe he won't. Uh, I think Fabio Silva is going to have a good season. I'm expecting 10 goals this season for Fabio Silva in the okay. Premier League. Sure. It's a bold statement, but I, but I expect Fabio Silva to deliver this season. Yeah. Uh, Trinko, I'm, I don't know. I'd love to see it. I think dribbling-wise, Trinko is one of the best talents out there, but he needs confidence. And I do think the Prem is going to be vicious on Trinko, like tackling-wise. Trinko needs to be prepared. Isn't that, why, uh, isn't that why Fabio Silva is... Uh, no, know, no, no. I think Fabio no, Silva... No, I mean, a... isn't that why he's working his ass off this summer to improve his <laughs> oh, physicality? Oh, true, true, true. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I wasn't saying anything bad about him. I just, yeah, <laughs> I just meant he's he's working because I think he realized last last season this this is a different breed of defender, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's building up a body, Fabio Silva. Like, those Instagram pics, like, you can see his back is huge now. And he's, I think he's ready. I like to see it. I, I, uh, I do too. And, and uh, I got to say, I mean, it, it makes me happy on paper, but um, Pedro Neto, uh, Rafa, and uh, Trincao, I mean, come on. That's pretty solid front three, is it not? And yeah. uh, Fabio Silva is going to be getting more time this year, I would imagine, too. So I, I like it. it it's just, um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't think I, – I was more surprised – that after signing him for 31 million euros, right, that a Barcelona would not necessarily have more patience with his mm -hmm. development there. Uh, because if you're Barcelona, you in some respects, unless it's a financial move, which it probably is, um, <laughs> in some respects, you would think that day in, day out learning, like like a Pedri does from a Messi uh, or from an Ousmane Dembele, because you're always going to get your chances with how often, sadly, injured he is. Um, you would think that keeping him around makes the most sense. And they're doing it. They're doing it with guys like Serginho Desk, with Oscar Mingueza, with uh, yeah. Ilyx uh, Mariba. I mean, these are guys that they're letting play through their mistakes. So why not with Trincao, right? Yeah, I guess. It'll be interesting. Well, but we need to see another scenario. And yeah, it's new life. Let's see how Trincao goes at Wolves. Yeah. But. Let's see how the Bundesliga is without Jaden Sancho, right? 
Because we right. were discussing our third topic, and it's who's the next wonder kid after Sancho leaves in the Bundesliga? Do you mind right. if I start here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm going number one, and it's the player I was most excited to see in the Euros. Mm-hmm. He didn't play. So, therefore, I'm going to say he's the most exciting player I want to see in the Bundesliga this season. And that is Dominique Schoboslai. Yeah. Creativity, speed, clutchness, he's got mm-hmm. it all. I just hope he comes back from injury, like, healthy, you know, because it's been a, it's been a couple of months. And emotionally, it must have been incredibly hard to see Hungary leaving the way they did. Like, they just needed a player like him. Hungary yeah. had such a good competition. And I am sure after seeing even that goal in the playoffs, Shoba's life would have made a difference for Hungary. Absolutely. So he's my first player to watch in the Bundesliga. All right. I, I, I like, I absolutely like that pick. You and I both have uh, loved him since watching him at Red Bull Salzburg. Um, but I'm going to go with one that's a little more unknown. Um, although he did make his Bundesliga debut last year. At, mm. at 17, and that's Mohamed Sanko uh, for Stuttgart, okay? Um, so I, I feel like he's put himself in a position uh, to actually get some good game time this coming season, uh, and he was dubbed, I believe he was dubbed the new Lukaku just because he's got that similar strength, similar uh, blend of power, pace, um, but he's really been growing into um getting more plaudits, you know, in the, whether it's in their blogs or on their website or um, from fans. And I just think, and I'm going to make a bold statement here, that I think if we're going to compare a Sanko as a striker um, to a guy like Yusupa Mukoko, mm-hmm. kind of similar in age, I think Sanko is going to have the better year this year. Um, do I yeah. think he's going to have a Jaden Sancho-like impact? Uh in Santos' first year at Dortmund? Absolutely not. But I think he is going to work his way into being a pretty solid mainstay for them. Um, so I believe he's 17 now and um, can expect expect more from him this season. That is a bold statement because I wouldn't bet against Mukoko, but you just did. So I you did. went bold, Breton? <laughs> you really know how to frame it as an all-or-nothing statement, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I think Mukoko can have an Im- impact, but uh, hell, Dortmund's going to need one beyond Holland, uh, and they're they're going to need to replace. So true, that's true, a whole other thing. So who's your next? Uh, you mentioned the Stuttgart talent. I'm going to mention the Stuttgart talent too. Tangui Kolibali, left winger, deadly on a one-on-one scenario with any fullback. Uh, I don't think he had the best stats this season. He's 20 years old, so time is with him. Um, and yeah, uh, if you see highlights of him, you just see he's just he's like a street footballer. Like the yeah. skill, the confidence. Uh, he's got long legs, so he's so, he's very difficult to mark. And a like Kunko, right with a with a street fo- footballer comment, and just uh, getting out of tight. A bit tight like space. who? A bit like who? Like Sancho. Yes, right? yes, but I, but I do think Sancho is a bit more technical than Tangui, and I see more of a skiller with Tangui. Okay. You know, like, uh, like he likes to put that Ronaldinho skill. Sancho is more technical. He likes to keep the ball next to him, and he's just fast paced. He's more efficient, I'd say. Yeah. Sancho is better, much better than Tangui. But, well, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped with Tangui Kolibali. Guys, watch out. 
All right. He's um is he French? They have he's still got that you know the French flag next to him. Basically, could we see him in the Olympics? I don't know. We got to go back. I got to start looking at those rosters and see who's actually playing. But um, yeah, I know him and and uh, Silas. Um, and I'm not going to try his last name. And I do know his last <laughs> name is different now because he's actually yes. one year older than he is. And there was all that mm-hmm. um, great transparency. Uh, but they they really did at one point in the season. People were talking about both of them a lot. Um, and I'd like to see that again next year for Stuttgart. So. My next one, and I'm the eternal optimist here, it's going to happen. You ready? On fire Leverkusen's roster, there are two players that have unfortunately been just ravaged by injuries since making their moves. Okay? Ezekiel Palacios, who's a little bit older now, and uh, Paulinho. And Paulinho is the guy that I am picking to actually have a sizable impact this year. Um, I don't think it's going to be in a starting role, obviously, uh, but I do think that there are plenty minutes to pick up if he's healthy. I know he's on the Brazilian roster uh, heading into the Olympics. I did look at that one before I, I got on here. Um, but I am the eternal optimist because I've just, you know, people people talked about him in the light of some of the best, you know, ability at his age. And compared him to some of the, I wouldn't say greats, but some of the very good Brazilian winger-striker combos. And I really do believe, he's 20 now, I do believe that he is going to finally get himself an injury-free year and um, have that impact that everybody expected of him coming over from Leverkusen. What Um, a pick. What a pick. And I was hyped because, you know, there's a special link between Portugal and Brazil. So all the talents in Brazil are kind of known here in Portugal. Mm -hmm. And Paulinho, I saw Paulinho's name being so many times linked to coming to Benfica or to Sporting or to Porto. And I actually thought he was going to come. But fantastic talent. What a choice. Like he's injury free. He needs it. He needs it. And so my next choice is counting on that injury free next season. And it's going to be Tanguy Kwasi. Yeah. I, every time I need, I can mention this kid, I still am going to mention it. Why? Because he still hasn't proven me he doesn't deserve it. Yes, he got the injury, but he's way too good for me yeah. to discredit right now. And you know Bayern Munich, they ain't afraid of playing young players. And if a young player uh, manages to step up in the level they should for that position, Bayern yeah. will play him. Because they know the stock will rise. And I am I'm expecting a very good season for Tanguy Kwasi. Yeah. I I I well I'm gonna have to piggyback on that, but I Kwasi, I remember him making that move, making that jump to Bayern, and then the unfortunate situation, injury, uh, and all that coming all the way back. But you don't recover right away from an injury. Um, well, the injury that he had, but you don't recover from an injury and then immediately get put back on on the pitch uh, by Bayern, right? Um, So they very clearly, there's, I can't wait to see more of them because it has been a while. Um, But he just, he seems like a kid with a good head on his shoulders um, with the versatility of being able to go DM, being able to go center back. Um, And I think Bayern next year is going to need all the versatility they can get out of some of their youngsters, which leads me to my next one which is uh, the American center back, uh, and I believe he's 20, might be 21 now, but Chris Richards. 
Um, okay. You know, he already technically broke out last year. He was put on the fullback, put on as a fullback, uh, made a couple sub appearances, made even a start for Bayern. Uh, I believe he even had a goal called back, so he could have had a goal, but he did have his first assist. Um, and then he was sent, uh, understandably, on loan to Hoffenheim, where he started the rest of the season. Now, I don't think they're going to send him out on loan again. I honestly believe that because he can play fullback and be pl- because he could play center back, um, they likely are going to stick him around. And I'm calling for him to necessarily break out for Bayern this season. Um, you know, I, I just he just is a kid that has a very, very high ceiling. And frankly, from a very selfish perspective, U.S. men's national team perspective, we need somebody to develop next to a John Anthony Brooks, who is our big lumbering, you know, we need somebody with speed, athleticism, a positioning, uh, still a big guy. And that's Richards. Um, I really think he's got a very high ceiling um, and I could, you know, talk about why, but we have to keep it a little more short. So, um, yeah, those Bayern, I really do hope that they lean on their their youth a little more um, this coming season because it's going to be a revol- not a revolving door, but they're getting older. Bayern's getting older, and they need to kind of start putting people in there, right? Well, U.S. Uh, my national right. team do need Chris Richards to deliver, and yeah. I do understand your pick. So now I'm going to my final pick, and that's gonna I'm going to butcher the name, but my final pick is Hansgard Noff. The Dortmund talent in which we saw him play in the senior team as a right back. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing him in some youth footage playing as a winger. And boy, oh boy, offensively, he's got it. But I was so surprised defensively him stepping up in Dortmund's main team. Mm-hmm. And what I managed to see was crosses. Perfect. Positioning up front. Perfect. He's, he's a speedy player too. So I think Dortmund won't be afraid to bet on him in the future as a fullback. So I expect to see him much more in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, we're we're about a month out or a little more than a month out until Dortmund. Uh, they got to start making some signings if they want to replace replace a Sancho. But until exactly. then, until then, yeah, Knopf and uh, Reina and uh, Mukoku are definitely going to get their shots. I think early on. So that'll be in, that'll be interesting. That's a really good pick. Too. Um, and from what I did see from his limited time in the Bundesliga, he's, he's got what it takes. He's got what it takes. So, um, all right. My last one then is uh, 18 year old kind of shocked me that he only went for about 8 million to them, to be honest, did not know that Wolfsburg did this type of, uh, I, I always watch who Wolfsburg signs because they're generally very good. Um, on that front. And uh, I missed this one completely 18 year old Belgian defensive mid, Tough tackler, probably a little too tough. He's kind of known for racking up some cards, uh, but it's Aster Vranks, and I probably butchered that last name. Um, and he's basically already put in, I, I think it's like 50-plus appearances for KV Mechelen um, in the, the Belgian league. Um, has like five goals, four assists for a D-mid, can play basically up the spine. Um, and he's really just known for being mobile, quick, Kind of reminds me a lot, actually, of uh, Arsenal target Albert Sambi Lokanga, mm-hmm. uh, except he's like three years younger, four years younger, and he's been thrust into high-pressure situations in Belgium um, and has fared very well for the youth national teams in Belgium. So uh, I think Wolfsburg, if you're going to have a team to take him in, 
um, and and put him in a position to succeed, uh, Wolfsburg, you couldn't look for a a better place, frankly. So uh, it, that is definitely one to watch. Um, so I I think he's going to make a a run for the eleven uh, quicker than some of these other guys we talked about. Um, so definitely keep an eye on him. And there's so many others like Kawadia Kone, Angelo Stiller, who's, who left Bayern to go to Hoffenheim, Ali Ackman, who signed for Eintracht Frankfurt. So so many other players to look out for. We might actually have to like, maybe put it in the show notes, right? Fuck. At some point. Um, but we'll get to that. But we'll I think we that. need to get to our last topic now, because we have yeah. 10 minutes left. Uh, would you like to go on the rebuild? Ooh, sure. You want to do the rebuild? Yeah, let's go. Because the comment section have been going mad on this. Do an yeah. Arsenal rebuild. Arsenal rebuild. Because we, we've been hinting that we're going to do an Arsenal rebuild. And we've mm-hmm. done a Tottenham one. So I think the Arsenal fans do deserve this one. And yeah, do you, do you want to start here? No, I want you to start here because I know you have a lot to say. When it comes well, to, you, like, you like these rebuild scenarios. You really like these rebuild scenarios. I so. do. You know why? Because Arsenal needs a rebuild scenario. A team Absolutely. that finishes eighth? Come on. You need to think things yeah. out after you finish eighth. So leading on that, uh, I'd like to say the first thing Arsenal should change is the manager. I don't think Arteta is the man. And I think Wenger looks like a genius next to Arteta. Because Wenger was never given what Alex Ferguson was given. And Fabregas left, Van Persie left, all these big players were leaving, and Wenger just wanted investment. And Arteta, he got Aubameyang, a contract extension. They bought Nicolas Pepe for the same amount as uh, as United got Sancho. So all this bad management is now showing. And I am, my confirmation of Arteta out was when I saw that Saliba went all on, on loan again. And yeah. now I'm sure Saliba is going on loan because of Arteta. In my opinion, it's clear as day. Hmm. And, my, and, and, it, and that's funny because in contrast, and I know you're going to go into uh, who you think should be his replacement, but in contrast, it's hysterical because uh, you asked me several episodes ago if I thought Arteta in or Arteta out. I said Arteta mm-hmm. out. I've come to terms that it doesn't make sense to get rid of Mikel Arteta. Um, yeah, I've tiptoed around it for the last couple months and I, and I am not, yeah, I get it. I'm not an Arsenal fan through and through. I don't watch them on, you know, an everyday basis. Um, but I do believe, uh, continuity, uh, needs to be, uh, rewarded and, and the positive, the, the positive of an Arteta, um, or a system that he's trying to build whether that's a 4-3-3 which he hinted at or i think what he normally played was a He'll play with three one. center backs yeah, he, yeah. Plays, he likes the three uh, center backs because okay. he just can't rely on one yeah yeah that's why well, yeah and and the funny thing is is I, I went back and i was doing due diligence on this and i've been reading into why arsenal has gone the way arsenal has gone and this has mm-hmm. been over the last couple months and there was there were articles two years ago saying Arteta needs to be trusted with a full-scale rebuild. And it's like, what's happened since then? It's only gotten worse, and I don't see any any building blocks except for like an Emil, Emil Smith-Rowe, yes. uh, Gabriel at center back, uh, Bukayo Saka, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, Thomas Partey, but if you can keep him healthy, I, you know, Burt Leno, fine. Keep him in goal. Uh, he's, you know, he's okay. Mm-hmm. But there's so much dead wood there that they need to get rid of. But I don't think they have the time to do it all. Torreira, Guendozi, Bellerin. What do you do? Like you said it there, the number one guarantee in any rebuild else I see out there and in the comment section for this video is any team that Arsenal has, Saka is mandatory to be on that team. I agree. Because he's a youngster, I know, he's 19, right? But mm-hmm. he deserves to be a, uh, a key starter at Arsenal right now. He's earned that spot and not as a fullback, as a winger. Any like any rebuild that I see of Arsenal, you need to put Saka at the winger spot. Yeah, that's um, the big, that's the big question about like where do you play him, right? So I agree with you. I, I agree with you absolutely. For me, for me, it's not a question anymore. But the tough thing is, here is Arsenal. If you're going to sign big players like a Locatelli, that I'm sick of seeing Locatelli to Arsenal rumors. Because do I think Locatelli should go to Arsenal? I I I think he would rather go to Juventus instead of mm-hmm. Arsenal. Do I think it would be a bad move? No, but I think he'd go to Juventus first. But uh, I did. I'm, I am excited that Arsenal are signing youngsters. Like I saw Nuntavaj, we mentioned previously in this episode, and yeah. I'm seeing a lot of Lokonga, which you're a big fan at Anderlecht. Absolutely. He, he gives me Pogba vibes. Mm-hmm. He's a very Pogba-esque player. Like he uses his body a lot. He's got a very good passing ability. He uses yeah. his body very well. He's very yeah, probably agile. not as technical in any way, shape, or form, but he okay. is a very, very good player. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, we see here a pattern that Arsenal is trying to sign young under-23 players, and at a cheap cost. I think it's 15 million Lukonga, 8 million Tavaj. So these are the signings that you do if you have no European competitions. Yeah. They finished eighth. So they need to invest for the future. And my pick for mandatory buy that Arsenal needs is Alexander Isaac. I think regardless of any transfer they should do, they should aim their strengths to Alexander Isaac. Scandinavian talent, like, just needs to have a team around him. And Saka, Martinelli, and Isaac is scary for me. And I think they'd have a better position in the future. Aubameyang... Like the Obama Young too. Like this should be the year that determines if Obama Young stays at Arsenal, yes or no. I think right. he's earning three fifty a week, three fifty k a week pounds. So pff, that's a big wage for the club. So yeah. I, they they'd even want him to, on a cheap transfer just to get rid of that wage and bring yeah. in a big top player at midfield at at center back too. Because this See, is something that's not mentioned. When right. you have a player like Aubameyang earning that, you're taking the slot to two other players that could be decently good too and performing on the same level. Yeah. So or yeah. or uh, or youth players that might actually deserve a shot. Um, but so you're saying you're saying Arsenal rebuild needs to start from the top down, not from the back up. Both. I think. Uh, I think uh, a manager like Jardin, like yeah. I said for Tottenham. Tottenham didn't get him. I think Jardin would be a very interesting option. Uh, I don't know, but it's... Yeah, I think Conte... Why doesn't anyone get... I know he he said he didn't want to coach for a year, but I think he just didn't get the right option, like the right deal. 
uh i just mm. yeah I, I mean one of one of the tougher things that i've seen just and again doing this research on it and going back and looking at all these people that arsenal have been and this was previous to confirmation that european soccer football oh mm-hmm. sorry slipped up there uh, that European football was not, uh, you know, on the horizon, but they were linked, at least in the news, they were linked with Emmy Buendia, they were linked with uh, Wijnaldum, Depay, Hakimi, right? Like you said, this, these are not the signings that are necessarily going to build for the future right now. Um, and then you have to look also, I think you have to rebuild from the center. Um, you have party, you have to figure out how to keep them healthy. Uh, but you have Torreira probably leaving. Guendouzi, I believe, is definitely leaving, probably yes. in Marseille. Uh, Bellerin should potentially leave. I know he's not the midfield. He's a right back. But Elneny, potentially, I don't mind keeping him around. It makes sense. He's relatively tidy. He doesn't offer too, too much, but he does offer, I believe, structure. Um, and then Shaka, who it, it depends on which Arsenal fan you ask. They either want to hurt him or hug him. I don't know. Uh, he's although gone. I wouldn't... He's gone. He's, he's definitely gone? Yeah, he's he's gone to Roma, I think. And Gendouzi uh, to Marcel. I did hear so... that. I just didn't know for sure. But that that's a gaping hole. Who's in your midfield now? Who yeah. is in your midfield? You have Partey in the center. You have potentially Lukanga. Lukanga. You, uh, I guess you could put Emil Smith-Rowe um, mm, at, no. at, at center mid. Do you move uh, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles in the they center mid? They need a proper eight. They need a proper eight. In that position. And Lakonga, I think, would be a good substitute option. But I'll leave it to you guys. Put it in the comment section down below. Who should be the eight that Arsenal get? Now that we're two minutes in to finish the the pot. I'm going to just name drop one more name because I think you should get a chance next year. At least a chance to soak up some minutes. Uh, You you could have Joe Willock coming back, obviously, from Newcastle. But a chance to soak up some minutes. Put Miguel Aziz in let him do his thing okay first Miguel have to... Aziz. he's a skiller yes he he's a skiller yes. i like yes. that mention i like that mention so i'd like to thank everyone who supports us here and who's listening to fc wonder kid episode 11 uh the tiktok support has been unbelievable look at my guy Bretton pulling up the merch Pulling up the merch. It's happening. <laughs> Comment down below if you want to see it. We're already with the plans. And yeah, which I just feel so happy. Like you put goat reply. No, you guys, the community are the real goats. And I wanted to end it on that. And yeah. I, I, I agree. And, and let's keep everything as, uh, you know, we, we want constructive criticism. So please do send yeah. it along to us. Make sure it's constructive. Um, uh, yeah, neither of us are perfect, but we love talking about football. We love talking to you about football, and we hope that we can continue to do this as long as you'll have us. I so love thank- it. I love it. So here with you, uh, we're going to end up, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, and peace out. See you.